Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons & Dragons, from the Mage Manchun to the Master Mariners. And today we're talking about Mechanis. Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Feeling very organized, orderly, and lawful today. Most worthy. <laughs> and because of that, we're going to talk about Mechanus, the uh, lawful neutral aligned plane of existence oh, of, cool. of the outer planes. Nice. <clears throat> so Mechanus, originally known as Nirvana, actually, is one of the major 16 outer planes in Dungeons and Dragons. It is a plane attuned exclusively to the alignment of law and thus is a place of ultimate law and order itself. Um, it is a place from where all premeditated plans are born, where all rules and laws that permeate the fabric of the cosmos originate. And some say it is the very gearworks upon which the universe itself rests. Gearworks, I see. Yeah, and we're going to talk a lot about gears today. Oh, so. God. <laughs> it is also a place of neutrality. Um, we've talked a lot about the outer planes at this point, mostly a lot of the eviler ones. Mm -hmm. And most of the outer planes have a very tangible effect of good, good or evil upon its denizens and the behavior of the plane itself the plane almost acts uh, either good or evil oh okay. <clears throat> um, well mechanics exudes an incredibly powerful effect of neutrality upon its inhabitants oh I and see. its own okay. behavior yeah yeah okay um, sweet so, so switzerland up in there <laughs> i guess so yeah this neutrality is usually expressed as this perfect and unshakable balance between all things mm. so kind of the opposite of uh well it is the opposite of limbo which is the chaotic uh neutral realm where everything's in flux and nothing's ever balanced ever yes it's the it's the Complete opposite of that's that. That's where the Gith live, right? Some, uh, that's some where the Gith Zerai live, yeah. yeah. The monk Gith. <clears throat> exactly. Mm. And they use their minds to make everything very lawful, despite yeah. living in chaos. <laughs> <clears throat> so, Mechanus is where perfectly regimented order reigns supreme. 
It consists equally of measures of light and darkness, equal portions of heat and cold, and equal measures of all four elements. Mm. It is as predictable as a drip of a water clock and as obvious as a train of field. There is a place for everything, and everything is in its place. Even individuals living here exist only to fit into the greater scheme of things and thus achieve a perfectly balanced society. Um, There is no pain or suffering in Mechanis, but at the same time, the only pleasure to be found here is the successful filling of a role like a gear in a machine. Notions such as passion, fantasy, and illusion do not exist here, except for what visitors to the plane may bring with them. Um, But any who try to promote individualism or stir passions for a cause, uh, they'll soon find that they're very not welcome in this place. Okay, their version of Netflix is just like super bland. I guess so, yeah. Nothing nothing controversial to watch. Exactly, nothing controversial. Just nothing but documentaries, just dry documentaries. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You're right. So any questions before we keep keep moving on? Um, So like the physical nature of this place like when i go to this uh-huh. plane of existence are we going to talk about like that experience yeah okay so yeah let's talk about like what is the plane of mechanis so the plane itself is an infinite void extending in all directions and filled with an infinite number of circular interlocking gears anywhere from the size of islands to the size of continents okay now these gears all have teeth that mesh together at right angles all turning slowly in perfect synchronicity Uh, The cogs are said to be engaged in a calculation so vast and complex that no single deity in all the cosmos can fathom its purpose. Okay. (laughs) Like, like, what's this machine doing? I don't know. Baphomet has like a whole wall that's just a chalkboard of like calculations about the (laughs) mechanics gears and like how to utilize them. He's like, I can't figure it out. Right. Exactly. I'm going to make I'm going to make an animal. Right. So (laughs) regardless of this, though, each disc does have one obvious and obvious and apparent purpose in that they are the ground upon which all denizens of mechanics dwell. So this is the land upon which people uh, live. Uh, just on these, they these live on gears. the gears. There's nothing but gears. So, so. you're ha- you're having dinner, but you're just like in an endless like rotation. Yeah. So the discs are <laughs> are rotating. The, it, it reminds me of Elemental Plane of Air in a way that it's like mm. this infinite expanse with like these floating islands. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely. That's uh, hard clouds. Hard clouds. hard clouds. Yeah. Hard clouds. Okay. Okay. These are just really hard clouds, <laughs> and they don't take sides. No, never. So <laughs> unlike they, those other filthy side taking clouds. <laughs> The disks of Mechanis, also known as cogs, are composed of stone, earth, and metal ores, as if uh, a deity had carved them from the mantle of the material plane. Okay. Each disk has its own gravitational pull that operates in a sphere circumscribing uh, the cog exactly and pulling with standard material plane strength to both the top and bottom surfaces. So these could be floating at like various different angles all over the place. Yeah. But whether when you go to the specific disk, you will stand as if it were exactly. And that's the thing. You're going to have uh, cogs that are like at right angles like this and like you'll have gravity here but if you manage to get close enough to jump onto the other one gravity will change oh man yeah. uh i know somebody told me like what the art piece was where the people like walking through the infinite stairs mm-hmm. um, oh right right i kind of like that i, I forgot guess. what even episode we referenced that it wasn't that long ago though uh, might have been far realm i feel like it was a far realm it could episode. have been the yeah. far realm this yeah. is this is the lawful neutral far realm sure yeah we'll go with okay, that sure. so <clears throat> the void between gears is filled with air allowing for easy flight so okay. where there's no gravity, you could still breathe, and uh, I guess you could just fly. I'm not. I, I, I you could fly if you can fly. If you can't fly, I guess you're just floating there. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you can fly if you can fly. Yeah, man, that's how that works. Uh, you know you, what I mean. Well, are you saying like maybe you could just squirrel, so, squirrel suited up in here? That's yeah, what I was thinking. Well, sure. I'm sure you could. What I'm trying to say is, in a lot of uh, the outer planes, one can move through void with thought. 
don't think you could do that here in mechanics. The laws are too strong. You have to squirrel suit, but you can't feel like a certain type of way about it. You have to be really, it's got to be a really like narrow, bland experience. Right. Sure. <laughs> can't get excited so, about anything. Outside of a gravity sphere, objects uh, only feel a very weak attraction to nearby discs. So you'll get there eventually. Okay. Um, with the size discrepancy between continent-sized and island-sized cogs, not all cogs turn at equal speeds. Uh, smaller cogs seem to turn at almost dizzying paces, while the continent size cogs turn at imperceptibly slow paces sure okay that um, tracks regardless of a cog speed though inhabitants will feel no um what, centrifugal force once they enter the gravitational pool of said cog okay so the it's uh, like their own little demi planes yeah like kind of almost except for you can see them from each other too yeah totally yeah. but once you're on it it's like this is the cog exactly the other cogs don't, <laughs> don't matter. matter yeah it's very true yeah <laughs> i absolutely. wonder does that so if they're at these right angles and you uh -huh. can like walk between them that force is not really having an effect like on one to the other. Like they're not oh, going to pull right. each other together or whatever. You I, know what I, I mean? suppose not. Obviously, obviously not because they're the machine is still working. Right. So that would be a shitty way to go. If yeah. You're on like a would, tiny disc. And it mechanics just like is collapsing in, in on itself. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that would suck. Um, the objective directional gravity uh, also means that inhabitants won't be spun off the edge of a cog unless they're standing within like ten feet of the rim or so. In which case, that sucks. Like, oh. sorry, man. Should've <laughs> Bummer. Shouldn't have got so close. I hope you got your squirrel suit on. I hope you were on one of the nearby. really slow cogs and yeah. not one of the fast ones. So. Oh man. <laughs> The gear faces are normally devoid of vegetation and natural wildlife, although colonists from other planes, including the Material Plane, the Nine Hells, Celestia, have transformed many faces into like elaborate hedge mazes, parks, nature reserves. Oh, wow. Hellscapes if you're a devil because oh. you don't like those other things. But OK, yeah, yeah, they, they, they put their touch on it. So, so despite all the neutrality, you can just like come here and, and do those types of things uh, as long as it's lawful and it doesn't break any of the rules of the major race which we're so about the, to talk so about so like a demon prince wouldn't be here no they're way too chaotic so they like, definitely would not be welcome yeah. okay yeah okay and demon princes have been here and we're going to talk about that later Ooh. yeah <laughs> so uh let's talk about the inhabitants of mechanis okay uh, unlike many of the other outer planes mechanis has only one single species that's native to itself okay uh the modrons Modrons. So we haven't really almost ever talked about Modrons on the show, but uh, Modrons are a race of immortals known for their zealous adherence to the principles of law and order above all else. Okay. Um, they are beings of absolute law that adhere to a very hive-like hierarchy. Um, a Modron... Uh, a Modron's appearance is very varied, and it depends on their position within Modron society. So generally speaking, a Modron's appearance is that of a clockwork machine, and whose body is that of a geometrical shape, such as like a sphere, a cube, a polyhedron, and uh, essentially the amount of sides, as well as like the complexity of the structure of a Modron, determines their position in society. Ooh, so the more like complex and the more sides you have, the higher you are. Beast mode. Yeah. There's more data involved in your your construction. Right. Sure. Therefore, exactly. You have more capacity for right. law. So what these guys <laughs> just like summoning people from like other planes that have like disobeyed order to like um, try them. I could see that. I couldn't find any lore that strictly says that, but I kind of really like that idea. That sounds like, it's more actually, like a plot hook. There's right? a lot of mystery to what it is the fucking Modrons do. Which okay. we'll talk about in a little bit. Okay, I'll bring, um, I'll bring up my idea then. Right. So again, the more sides a Modron has, or the more complex the structure is, the higher they are ranked. The highest ranked Modrons are more humanoid in appearance. Okay. Um, there's actually kind of two cast systems to the Modron. So you have like the lower cast. I can't remember what it's called. Circles. Well, yeah. <laughs> you have sphere at the bottom, uh, and then like it's like triangle, cube, so on. Like it, it goes up to like 
dodecahedron or some shit. Sure. And uh, then you get into the second cast, which are like the higher modrons. They're not even called modrons anymore. I can't remember what they're called off the top of my head, but they're the more humanoid looking ones. And okay. they're like the generals and the officials sure. and whatnot. And it goes all the way up to, well, we'll talk about it in a bit. They're just the meme, the big brain meme where like the cosmic energies <laughs> yes, are, are pouring into the skull. Exactly. Okay. So Modron culture is pretty simple. Each Modron obeys all commands given to it by any Modron one rank higher than themselves. These commands are obeyed without question. And Modrons are actually only aware of Modrons of their own rank, one rank higher or one rank lower than they are. They're not aware of other Modrons outside that. Wow. Um, and they never interact so with Modrons to, outside that. So you have that. to yeah. bureaucratic go down the chain. Exactly. Um, so thus, Square's just real pissed off at like uh, Pentagon all the time? It's guess, like, yes, not, it's exactly. Not, it's like, man, that guy's... Pentagon, you mean uh, Pentagram? No, not Pentagram. No, it is Pentagon, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Pentagon. Uh, <laughs> Too much I've got, D&D. I've got a kid at home, man. Yeah. They oh, know yeah. shapes. You know your shapes. <laughs> I know my shapes um, again. Yeah. <laughs> then triangle, triangle is just like, shit rolls downhill, man. Shit rolls downhill. That's just Triangle's the way it is. very mad. So thus, Modrons only communicate uh, with other Modrons of their own rank or ranks immediately above or below them. Modrons more than one rank away from each other are too advanced or too simple to even understand each other. Oh, wow. And I, that makes me think they like to speak in like a uh, code, like uh, like computer code. And there's like data loss going down. Yeah, the chain I guess of so. What can be received. There's incompatibility or something going on. OK. Um, uh, where was I? So, oh, yeah. Furthermore, Mordrons have little sense of self beyond what is necessary to fulfill their their duties. Uh, they exist as a unified collective divided by ranks, yet they always refer to themselves collectively. So to a Modron, there is no I. There's only like we and us. Uh, as represented by like a cog in the machine, like the gears. Right. Everything it, is working in tandem to create the To space. be a greater thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. And uh, let's take a short rest. Okay. All right. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the part of the episode we're not talking about that last thing. We're talking about people we love. It's you. Love you. <laughs> I also love you. Thank you, Will. Unprompted, you said it. That's I did. fucking it's amazing. True. It's going to be a great short Making rest. progress. Making progress. <laughs> Will's love and his expression of his emotions is really shining through. <laughs> uh, we have some special Patreon people to thank. Uh, Harley Criswell. Thank you, Harley. Leon J. Mosley. Thank you, Leon. Dave. Thank you, Dave. Jeff LaFay. Thank you, Jeff. <clears throat> Brian's Extra Thick oh with three gosh. C's. Demogorgon Waifu. Shout out to Demogorgon. Thank <laughs> you to this person. That's not your name. That's just the, that's a sentence you made me indeed, say. Indeed, indeed um, it is. Thank you, though. <laughs> thank you, though. Uh, it's exciting to read. Uh, Brendan Honeycutt. Thank you, Brendan. Terrence Madlangbian. Thank you, Terrence. I tried. I tried. You did your best. The Ultimate Human. Thank you, Ultimate Human. Twisted Tentacle in. Thank you, Twisted Tentacle in. Anthony Cardinale. Thank you, Anthony. Old Man Yeti. Thank you, Old Man Yeti. Philip Kiss. Thank you, Philip. <laughs> Perhaps it's Felipe. <laughs> Thank you, Felipe. Or Philippe. Or Philippe. Don't know. I do care, but I don't know. <laughs> so that's a that's a that's a big pull of people. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank um, you guys so much. Don't forget <clears throat> that if you're a patron, you get bonus content. Don't forget about that. There's a lot of it. There's a lot of it. A lot more than I realized when I was looking through it the other day. And a lot more coming. And uh, it's a concerning amount. (laughs) (laughs) Is it really? Uh, Well, not for me. I'm like, wow, we're doing a lot of stuff on there. Yeah. Uh, We have a monthly monthly podcast. Um, I think we're going to call it the Dungeon Chats. Um, yeah, that, that works for me. It was previously X, episode X where we talk about everything not Dungeons and Dragons, but Pretty sometimes much. also Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. but not in the context of like the format we do on this show. It's a completely different show. You can get to know me and Will a little bit. There's also uh, the early episodes. You get them like one to two weeks early. Uh, most of the time, if I'm if I'm on my game, if I'm on my A and then you get uh, you get like you can send messages in the show. We're starting to read messages at the end. So Patreon people, if you're listening, please send me messages. Um, basically the way it's going to work now is I'm just going to read it if I like it, if I think it's appropriate for the show, whether you specify or not. So if you don't want it right on the show, say that in your message. Um, you are now subject 
to our law. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Is there anything else? Uh, oh, hit up uh, hit up our social media about contest. Indeed. Yeah, we're giving away a copy of the newest D&D book coming out. I believe it's March 17th. I don't have it pulled up right now, but it's the new Critical Role um, campaign, campaign setting. setting. Yeah, the uh, Matt Mercer special. Right, exactly. Flipping and so, down some hash browns on you. Uh, indeed. Matt Mercer style. Yes. And so if you guys are interested in winning that book, all you have to do is share an episode of our show on social media, whether that be on Twitter with the hashtag DungeonCast or anywhere else and just send us a snapshot and we'll go ahead and add you to the list. And uh, yeah, we'll be pulling a winner on the day of release. So enter now. Yeah, I'm going to make an Instagram post when I feel like it. (laughs) Didn't feel like it, so I didn't do it. You know what I feel like? Getting back to the show. Indeed. Hey, Brian. We've returned. Indeed, we have. And uh, last we left off, we were talking about uh, the Modrons, the Modron Society, yeah. and how they are you know, like this unified hive mind that has no uh, concept of self-identity. Just like um, everybody at the DMV. Indeed. So there is, of course, one exception to this rule. Sorry if you work at the DMV. Indeed, sorry. Uh, all Modrons are aware of and serve the godlike ruler of all Mechanists, Primus, the One and the Prime. Metatron's cube. Indeed. <laughs> it's just the most complicated of shapes. Exactly. Okay. Well, Primus is considered to be a greater deity, but only so long as he remains in Mechanus, outside of which he does not have these same powers. But he's depicted as a singular android-like humanoid that dwells in a pool of water at Mechanus's center. Shoot. Um, That's yes. cool. It's pretty cool. I was yeah. thinking about the Vitruvian man. Wait, you what's know, the, the, Vitruvian? the one where he's got his arms out? Oh, and that's up, cool. And I there's like a that idea. And yes. a circle around him. I was like, ooh, that's complicated. That he's is. A, <laughs> he's a man body with Indeed. double arms and shapes. That's an interesting take. I yeah, like it. That's the that's the the next rank down. Sorry. Yeah, of course. So <laughs> his power over the Modrons is absolute. All Modrons obey the orders of Primus and carry out his plans under the direction of their leader. Modrons increase order increase order in the multiverse in accordance with laws beyond the comprehension of mortal minds. Primus is completely immune to magic, and he can use telepathic commands to all and any modrons on mechanics oh okay so he can supersede the law of like having to go down the chain exactly that's, okay yeah. cool i was gonna say like, like modrons <laughs> aren't aware of modrons like outside of their little bubble mm-hmm. but all modrons are aware of and obey um zealously primus okay that's super cool right so it's really the the shape below Primus that has like the most issues trying to get circle to move 2d circle. Is, yeah, like, definitely. Up. He's like, definitely. get 2d circle uh, <laughs> out of that spot. That's not for 2d circle. So the, there's only, there, there's four beings underneath Primus. They're called, uh, the, the, Oh God, the secunduses. So them, yeah, so yeah that's who I've been referencing. There are secundus and there's four of them, which yeah. we'll get into in just a second here, actually. So despite Primus's greater deity status, he can, and as a matter of fact, has died before. Oh. Um, during one of his hunts for, oh yeah, during one of his hunts for his infamous wand, Orcus, the demon prince of undeath, came to Mechanus. Oh wow. Um, this was back when Orcus was like, I think he was, he was no longer a god, but he, yeah, he had died and now he's back and he's looking for his wand. It's complicated. It's complicated. We <laughs> talked about it in the Orcus episode. Go check that out. Yeah. So uh, you should go check that out. <laughs> yeah. Using the power of the last word, Orcus slew the god of the Modrons, uh, Primus. Uh, to add insult to injury, uh, when Orcus came to Mechanus, he did so through a portal uh, pool in the major city of Regulus. Um, Orcus, Orcus's time that he spent in the city of Regulus corrupted many of the Modrons there, including the Secundus that was in charge of the city. Shoot. Yes. So in Modron society, there are four Secunduses who answer directly to Primus. Uh, essentially, they are the high generals of Modron society. Okay. In the event that a Primus is destroyed, the four Secunduses come together to promote a new Primus from among their number. 
Um, unfortunately, in this case, the corrupted Secundus vetoed every vote of the other three and then openly rebelled and marched his million corrupted Modrons out of Mechanus to settle a colony in the infernal battlefield of Acheron. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is lawful evil, lawful neutral so just some place. just Modrons there? Yeah, just a straight colony of evil Modrons. <laughs> <laughs> so this uh, dealt a devastating blow to Modron society. Yeah, just cut their numbers by like a quarter, I guess. Um, not quite a quarter, but probably somewhere between like like the twenty percent range, a f- maybe okay. a fifth. Sure, yeah, twenty percent, twenty percent is a fifth. I got it. <laughs> okay, nailed so, it. So, <laughs> so most editions agree that Modrons are the sole native beings to the planet Mechanus. Uh, but there is, of course, discrepancies in the canon. Um, there is another major species that, depending on your source book, is either the actual ruling population on Mechanus or, at the very least, an invasive species on the plane. Oh, what? Yes. These beings are called Formians. Not to be confused with the type of giant known as Fomorians. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> I did not know what Formians were. But I was well aware what Formorians were, and so this was a very confusing research paper for me. (laughs) (laughs) It is the year of the big guy. It is the year of the big guy, too. Shout out to the big guy. Indeed. So Formians are are an ant-like race of outsiders that are depicted as humanoidish giant ants, anywhere from three feet in length to ten feet in length, depending on the rank the individual Formian was born into. Okay, so they're they're they've got a ranking. They're system like also. ant centaurs. There's a lot of analog leaderboards in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, there's so many. There's so goddamn. <laughs> Get many. the internet, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Jeez, make everything so much simpler. Yeah. Formian society is dedicated to spreading their colonies wherever they can. Colonies, also called hive cities, consist of a ruling queen and different hierarchies of workers, like from worker to taskmaster, uh, from a warrior to mermarks. Uh, Formorians have a hive mind based on the queen of the hive. Okay. So she controls everything. Okay. Uh, any Formian within 50 miles of a queen can communicate telepathically with any other Formian within that range. Cool. So they can all communicate cool. all at once. Yeah. The most prestigious of remarks are responsible for guarding the queen. Nice. So expansionist Formians have hives throughout Mechanus. Uh, these ant-like centaurs seek to colonize all they see and incorporate all living things into their hives as workers, serving the law of their queens. Uh, so in a... These these are vicious. These are like vicious ant monsters, but they're still like super lawful. Okay. I just find it really interesting, you know, and they're on the lawful plane of existence and it's just really cool. So what are they doing? Are they just like burrowing into gear discs mm -hmm. and just living forming hives? Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. Watch out for those like, you know how they make those big piles of dirt when they're carving their (laughs) shit out? This is like a big pile of metal shavings. Exactly. Like like spinning very ominously Well, the gears themselves are made of earth and stone too. They're oh, not okay, just they're not all just metal. metal. Yeah. I, for some reason, you probably said that, and I just pictured metal. Right, and I did say that. You did picture metal. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so it's earth and stone. So it's and literally metal, just like, too. And yeah. metal, So just like dirt, like regular yeah. dirt. Up yeah, exactly. There. It's just, just like, could be, it, it, like it was carved from the mantle of the material plane, which is what I said in my first paragraph. Yes, 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 yes. It's hard to... Uh, it's hard sometimes. I understand. <laughs> I do. Uh, the Formians build fabulous hive cities on both faces of a cog they colonize. Each colonized hive cog holds thousands of workers, warriors, and taskmasters, as well as several dozen or more mermarks. However, each cog only has one queen, whose commands are absolute law on the hive cog. Other queens rule other cogs, uh, but usually two queens cooperate with each other. So, like, even though they're like they're they're kind of separate like city states, sure. they will cooperate with each yeah, other okay. unless each wishes to colonize the same cog. In which case, the law of the Formians demands warfare. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if a queen chooses to colonize a cog by sending a contingent uh, guarding a precious queen larva, she is not swayed 
uh, if other creatures already reside there. It's like, no, this is ours now. Okay. Yeah. After all, what are warriors for if not to make a cog ready for Formian colonization? These fools are like your side quest when you come to mechanics. Yeah, definitely. Like, oh, you landed on Formian one, you got to fight your way out. Yeah, or like one of the one of these. Uh, what are they called? The the generals, Mo- Modrons, the, Secundus. The Secundus guys yeah. are just like you got to fix the va- you got you got to be the Orkin man right now and fix right. that problem. <laughs> you got to be the Terminix. There's yeah. two queens over there. They're not <laughs> digging it. You got to go work it out. I don't care how. Yeah, just do it. Just make sure you obey the fucking law. Right. That's that would be an interesting campaign. I would I would dig that. Um, above all, Formians on Mechanis are is a Formian being known as the Scion Queen Mother. Sure. She's the Mega Queen. Okay. She rules over her species from a 3,000 mile wide hive cog known simply as the Center. Not much is known about the Scion Queen Mother, but it is said she claims the power of an intermediate deity, which is really impressive because that's about Lolf power. Ooh. Who is an intermediate deity? So. Lolf. Um, I've heard people say Lolf. 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 Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Unlike most of the other outer planes, travel in Mechanus or into Mechanus is fairly easy to achieve. And we know like trying to like get a portal to the abyss is like super hard. Not so hard with Mechanus. So there are natural freestanding portals from elsewhere that can be found throughout the plane and uh, usually connect at the center of any given cog. Um, Okay. There are portals that connect Mechanus to other realms throughout the cosmos, like other outer planes, inner planes, uh, or even the astral plane or the ethereal plane, which the astral plane and the ethereal plane are much easier to get to than like the outer plane. So if you get one of those, you can get the Mechanus really easy, That's as long as you know where a portal is. What is the reason for the portals? Is there one? Is there just there's just not around? really one given? It's just is there some here. sort of reflection on lawfulness in some I way. I think like, that's I the idea. I don't know how, how that relates. Yeah, I, I feel what you're saying, but I do think that's the idea. So, um, a portal mechanics will appear regularly once per revolution of the cog it resides upon. Interesting. So, though some portals appear according, uh, oh, yeah, there are also uh, portals that will appear according to the interaction of several cogs put together. So, like, this is part of the machine. The, the machine is opening these portals for some reason, and it's doing it at regular intervals. Okay. I wonder, yeah. like, yeah, and what, is there some sort of balance thing? Like, it's balancing to have, like, connecting to all the other plane maybe, portals? Or? Maybe. And yeah, we, just, uh, Primus does send the Modrons out into the cosmos to, like, invoke law, so maybe that's part of it. It's maybe like, this is a time for my campaign idea where mm-hmm. you, um, you, you... Basically, just tell your players that we're going to run a murder hobo game, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. build murder hobo characters to do murder hobo things, and they start murder hoboing, and then the Modrons come to like teach them, them lawfulness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the campaign. Like the big shift is like they got to go live in Modron land, right? And the Modrons <laughs> Modron are like land. trying really hard to like make them into Lawful, upstanding citizens, but it's not working. And they, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. That's fun. They probably get like punished <clears throat> hard. That'd be a funny one. Yeah, I think that would be pretty. Also, funny. it might um, be a slap in the face to your murder hobo players that you told to murder hobo right very misleading (laughs) so once a portal appears it will remain open for at least one hour and even as possibly as long as 24 hours uh the reason for the ease of passage to mechanics is due to this extremely lawful and predictable appearance of portals like Mm -hmm. that's why it's so easy to get here uh no no crazy rituals or secret knowledge necessary to get to mechanics wow okay so just timing just timing and a little bit of knowledge yeah um, so like many of the outer planes, Mechanus has a profound effect on the mortals that visit this extremely orderly and mechanical plane. Uh, the 5e Dungeon Master's Guide provides two optional rules that you can implement to give your campaign that feel of pervasive neutrality. 
Okay. Um, so the first one is optional rule called Law of Averages. Uh, while on Mechanus, creatures always use the average damage result for attacks and spells at, rather than rolling. So, oh. for example, an attack that normally deals 1d10 plus 5 damage always deals 10 damage on Mechanus. Wow, okay. Like, yeah, it's just... Very interesting. Everything's neutral. Always, always average. Always yeah, in the middle. The chaoticness of your d20 is meaningless. Yeah, there is no chance here. There is no. only precision. Well, there would be. You still have to like roll attacks. Yeah, right? yeah, of course. So you of don't course, average yeah. on that. No, so no. misses and hits are still a subject to the chaos of the die. True. Okay. Um, the other rule is called imposing order. So at the end of each long rest taken on this plane, a visitor that isn't lawful neutral must make a DC 10 wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, the creature's alignment changes to lawful neutral. The creature's alignment reverts to normal after one day spent on a plane other than Mechanus or casting the evil, the dispel evil and good spell will also restore its original alignment. Now, this is just a fun role play one. So wait, like, wait. Dispel evil and good restores the original alignment. It wipes the neutral. I guess so. I guess it's just they, they couldn't. That's a long name for a spell. Yeah. <laughs> dispel evil, evil good and, and neutrality. Good. Well, it, like the effect of that's very um, abyss like the that ability. Well, no, a lot of the planes have like this. Imp- they impose this. This kind of uh, nature change yep. on the people that are there. Exactly. It's just like the energy. Yeah. This fucking vibe checking this yeah. uh, mechanics and <laughs> it's vibe checking you back. Exactly. Okay, it's sure. very true. So this is a fun role play one where it's like, well, lawful neutral. What does that mean? Like exactly, it's up for the yeah. player to kind of interpret what that means to them. And like it, it, that's fun to explore, I think. Yeah. Um, I think I would need to like research like what Dungeons and Dragons means to be neutral a little more, like to get this right. You know uh, what I mean? Like, well, there, that's the point is there is no right. Like it, there's a million ways to be lawful neutral. Yeah, I guess that's why it's hard. I'm yeah. trying to like rack like, my brain Look right at now. like the Modrons and the Formians, like extremely different, both extremely lawful neutral. Okay. So okay. that's what I like about it. I like that so much is left up to interpretation. I think that that could be fun to explore. Okay. Any questions about Mechanus before we get ready for a long rest? Um, I, uh, I don't know if I like this plane very much. Yeah. Like I'm kind of I, I like lukewarm the mo- on it too, which I think is fitting quite frankly. I like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like the Modrons a lot. They're fun. Yeah. I, I, I like the idea of the Modrons being like, you guys are too much, too much chaos. Like, yeah. You're the reason for blah, blah, blah. Like them coming to the party and be like, you're coming to Mechanus yeah. for trial. Like they're the like, lawful police. Yeah, yeah. Like we we need to, you're tipping the scales and we need to bring everything back to balance. And I That's think that would be a cool like mid campaign story arc yeah, for I a agree. party to deal with. I think Mechanus is definitely a place that like you wouldn't want a whole campaign to go to, but like maybe spend like a cool seven or eight sessions there and then get back to the real world. I love a demon, the idea of a demon lord just like sitting next to like, the place the portal's gonna pop uh-huh. up and be and just like dipping in there and be like, you guys suck. This place sucks. I'm bringing my vibes into <laughs> oh, this shit. Oh, for sure, and I like, can see that. Yeah, like they're just they. This is too lawful, and I need it to be chaos. Right, and right. What a place for me to run amok, sort well, of thing. It would be like the, a like a kid in a candy shop for a demon. Lord. I can see that, but there's a lot of Modrons here, and the Modrons are actually pretty powerful. But um. But what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So we've talked like with the blood war and and just with the powers of good and evil, we talk about like the the armies of good, the armies of evil, the demons and the devils. We never talk about the armies of neutrality, yeah. but they're there. They exist. <laughs> the armies that chill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The armies that would also probably join the fight of good if uh, the blood war ever ended, you know, for sure. Right. So the the um, the leader of the spot, what was his name again? Primus. Primus. The one uh, in the prime. The Primus died because mm-hmm. 
Orcus showed up and used his ruby rod to la- what was Use the, last? the last word? Which, the, were, if you remember from the Orcus episode, that's that was what I was like trying to remember. The God killing magic word, right? But, but he got that taken away from him, like later uh, on. Well, two things happened. The word itself killed him because he wasn't a god, so he couldn't hold on that's to the knowledge. What it was. Yeah. yeah, okay. But also, oops. Yeah, after he done <laughs> killed a couple gods, the gods were like, "This word's stupid. Let's just like not have the word." So they stopped the word from working. They used the last word on the last word. Exactly. They like, yeah. they like fired it into a word mirror and it imploded. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's let's get ready for our long rest. Okay. All right. All right, well, man, I brushed my teeth. I got my PJs on. <laughs> We're setting up camp. Setting up camp. Who's on first watch? Uh, you. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm going to bed. <laughs> okay. Where's Appreciate Jake? It. Let's get special guest Jake to take first watch. Right, right. Uh, okay, so we have some messages we want to read from patrons. We're going to yes. start with you, Diggy. Yeah, if you know in our Discord, you know Diggy. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Uh, hi, Will and Brian. Hey, Hello. Dig- hey, Diggy. Uh, I, I promised I would stop doing that. i got to stop saying things in the middle of the message because they're not going to know which one is me and which one's Diggy. Right, right. All right, here I go. Again. No breaks until the end, as hard as that is for me. Here we go. Hi, Will and Brian. I have a dungeon mastering question for the both of you. Mm. Is there a non-5e D&D book? Parentheses from an older edition and parentheses or other book from another role playing system altogether that you make a lot of use of when developing your current and past campaigns. Much love and respect from Canada. Diggy. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. So so other source books from other editions or other other. So just um, a non D and D five e book that you use use as an inspiration. So it can be an older edition D and D book or yeah. just like. Okay, uh, I'm gonna talk about Powered by the Apocalypse, so you can talk okay. about yeah. Um, not not really is I guess my answer to this question. Like I have a lot of foreign knowledge that has like bled over, but I'm not like referring to old books yeah. unless I, unless I'm doing research, which I do all the time. You're but just using not your for experience my that's yeah. been logged in your brain yeah. from foreign. You're not and like cracking a foreign book exactly. And I, I think the the best examples I probably I lo- love to use the Dawn uh, the Dawn War deity pantheon. I just it's Ooh. my favorite pantheon, so I usually use that a lot. So hey, that totally counts. So I guess no, no is the answer. Uh, sort of. Kind of. Sounds maybe. like sort of to a me. little bit. Yeah, maybe ten percent. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. there we go. Your for, turn. For me, it's um I actually pulled it up on Wikipedia, but um it's there's a Friends at the Table arc called Marielda. It's like a prequel to their Hyron arc. It's probably their most popular thing. Um, but it's called Blades in the Dark, powered by the Apocalypse System. It's I pick up a lot of stuff from that campaign arc where they're like mm-hmm. a party of like, like a little mini thieves guild mm-hmm. kind of right and they use this flashback system basically in our patreon game flashbang and the surgeon superhero game set in Waterdeep, based off of batman the animated series just some context um i'm taking stuff from blades in the dark and dropping it in me- as mechanics in that game like the, oh, okay. the flashback mechanic has been so huge it's like oh, okay, a way to solve the unsolvable mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. you think you're in a corner you can just have a flashback and like, and oh, I've had it. a lockpick in my mouth all along. <laughs> right, like right. That, you know, that's pretty cool. That sort of thing. Um, but that's a mechanic from a different system that you're using? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've kind of just reflavored it to fit the nice. Dungeons and Dragons thing. But they do that. They're, they true. have this mechanic called stress that okay. they use. So yeah. if you accumulate enough stress, your character is supposed to like break. Right, you know. Well, D and D has a has a has a stress mechanic as well. Yes, so there's is there's is just like set up a way. There's a lot of parallels to other systems when people are like, oh, like you shouldn't be using D and D for this type of game because this system exists. But they're all so 
interchangeable you know yeah like use what you like yeah, if it works it, who cares it's a style yeah, thing yeah you know? absolutely like D can handle it all i'm i'm, I'm sure there's sure. nothing D can't handle but you know it's okay if you want to use another system because absolutely. the flavor is a little different you want yes. a little more salt a little more basil <laughs> a little more thyme instead of the you know yeah. the regular seasonings that you're getting you're getting exactly. some lowry's out of D. &D. i don't know what you get anyway let's read another question okay sounds good <laughs> uh thanks diggy this one's from magnus rock i'm not gonna talk in between it Hi, I just wanted to say that you guys are great. I was never really much of a podcast guy, but I work as an enforcement officer, and every two weeks I do a 12-hour overnight shifts. I drive around a lot for my work and as I respond to calls in the city. I found you guys through Spotify just searching for stuff, and it has improved my night shifts tremendously. Your episodes on subjects I already know give me more background information and uh, and ways I can utilize it. And the ones that explain new concepts to me that I initially ignored made me consider using them and creating brand new ideas. Whoa. Not to mention SuperQuest Saga. That's been my drug hey. for the last little bit, listening to it every, uh, even on my day shifts. Uh, your crew, Brian, Jake, and Josh, led by Will, is fucking awesome. Keep up the fantastic work. Thanks, Magnus. Yeah, thank you. Magnus, Magnus Rock. Magnus Rock. Thank you, Magnus Rock. Magnus thank you so much rock for the kind words. Rocks. Indeed. Okay. <laughs> Glad you're enjoying the shows. Yeah, we really are. Um, thanks for the kind messages. We appreciate those. Um, and this is comes with a little bit of bittersweetness. This is oh. a send off of Marvin Goldhart. Uh, He's trying to get one in before his time with us ends. Uh, uh, and that's a, that's totally cool, man. Yeah, like we get it. Um, we really appreciate your yeah, support. Thanks for all the support, yeah, Marvin. It's been really nice talking to you in Discord, which is what his message is about. So here we go. Um, he addressed it to me because I typically answer these. But right. um, uh, hey, Brian, and presumably will uh, want to try. <laughs> no, to, never will. Never only, will. Brian. only Brian. He's the only one on the podcast. <laughs> no, that's not true. Uh, obviously. Hey, Brian, wanted to try and get one message in before my Patreon is up. Uh, shout out to the Discord community. I may uh, not be a frequent chatter, but I love the community, and you guys keep me going through the good and the bad. Much love, everyone. Oh, awesome. Thank you, Marvin. Really nice. And thank you to Discord, too, so thank you guys. Yeah, thank you guys in the Discord. I know you have your hands full over there uh, with all the people in there. There's over 1,000 people in our Discord now, and there's a little giveaway going on. So if you're not in our Discord, jump in there. It's really great. Um, be excellent. Be excellent to each other, please. Be excellent to each other and to everyone. We know that you have it in you. You're a listener of the show. It means you're excellent. <laughs> so if you're participating in that community, be kind. The mods word is law. Much indeed, like a, indeed. Much like a Modron. Yes. Much like uh, a Secundus, if you will. The Secundus in, in of the, the Discord. In the Discord that is our Mechanus. Yeah. So um, we we have their back 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely trusted. Um, so, yeah, just... You know, make like e make life easy for everybody and be excellent. We've, we've been having a really fun time um, chatting with everybody in the Discord, whether it's SuperQuest Saga, just Dungeon Cast episodes. Well, that off topic is real fun to just pop in if you're bored. You know, just hang out with True. cool people, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty much all we got, guys. Right. Well, thank you again, Marvin. And I think here we're gonna call it a game. So let's call it a game. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.